0: Hello and welcome to Walk to Wellbeing, the wellness podcast from Health and Wellbeing magazine, sponsored by Sketches. I'm Holly, the editor of Health and Wellbeing, and each episode you and I get to join someone as they go for a walk, eavesdropping on them as they talk about their own wellness journey. Each of our guests will answer the same questions, but the conversation, like their walk, might meander a bit as they go. After we leave them, I'll be joined by some of the magazine team to pick out things from that walk that we want to put into action right away in our lives. Think about your answers to each question as you listen too. And if you'd like to record your own walk to wellbeing, you can even download the question pack from healthwellbeing.com. We would love to hear it. Right now though, for our next episode, we're about to join Chloe Brotheridge, author, coach, hypnotherapist and anxiety expert as she steps out of her parents' front door in Lancashire in June 2021.
1: So I'm just entering the woods near to my parents' house, which is in Lancashire. And I moved out of London quite recently to find somewhere near, near to my parents in Lancashire to live. I'm currently staying with my parents and I'm walking in the woods that I used to come to as a kid, seeing all the trees that I used to climb when I was very small. It seems very loud in here. I'm very aware of how loud the birds are and, the <laughs> and all the sounds doing this recording. It's amazing. So what gets you out on a walk? So I have to have a walk every single day. It's a massive part of my mental health routine. And I think like so many of us, you know, gained a new appreciation for walking during lockdown, where I was living in London and going out into Hackney Marshes every single day. And that was such a big part of what kept me sane, I think, during the lockdown. And I've continued to, keep that as part of my routine I generally go for a walk at about three o'clock I think after a day of sitting on my laptop around three o'clock I'm ready to have a stretch and get outdoors and uh, have some fresh air and so I'll often now that I'm in Lancashire maybe drive somewhere there are loads of really good walks about only about 10 minutes or something in the car and then you're out completely in nature and can go for a lovely walk or I'll go for this walk in the woods that I am which is just about a five minute walk from where I'm staying at the moment and it's the beginning of June the, there were bluebells here up until about a week ago now the bluebells have all uh, departed and it's just looking very very green and yeah I've kind of got into (laughs) I never thought I'd be a bird watcher but I'm actually getting quite interested in seeing which different birds I can spot and saw a woodpecker recently that was very exciting Um, so I'm getting quite into that definitely embracing being more in nature having left London and just trying to make the most of that I also usually go for a walk with my partner, Aidan, and we found that it's a really good way to d- kind of decompress from the day. And we m- might talk about our day and talk about work, or we're both coaches, so <laughs> we might kind of coach each other a little bit on our walks. So they're usually quite constructive and, and helpful for that reason as well. So question number two, where's your dream walk? So one walk that really stands out for me in my memory is one that we did probably about five years ago in France. We are on holiday in France. We went somewhere called Cirque de Gavani. And there's an amazing walk through wildflowers and with kind of mountains and hills in the background. Very, very amazing. And then you walk up to this waterfall. And it's a it's a really know what you call like a long drop waterfall I think it's like a something like a kilometer drop waterfall and you get to the base of this waterfall and it's incredibly windy because of the power of the water falling and it just feels like you're almost on another planet you're kind of getting windswept and covered in water and it's just very very atmospheric and yeah I really remember doing a walk there that really stands out for me Another amazing walk, which I would love to do again. Actually, was was lucky enough to go to Machu Picchu just before the uh, coronavirus situation all kicked off. That was like December two thousand and nineteen, and we did this walk up Machu Picchu. It's called Huayna Picchu. If you think about the the big um, mountain that you see in the pictures of Machu Picchu in Peru, it's that big mountain in the background and They have this set of steps called i think it's called like the stairs of death or something (laughs) they're like you know you can see this like almost vertical drop down to the side of you as you're going up these stone steps there's no handrail or anything and it was pretty terrifying i think i did cry (laughs) at multiple points but it felt amazing to be able to do that and to see this amazing view from the top Um, so yeah that was definitely one i'd love to do again or one i'd love to place i'd love to visit again The walk I'd love to do in the future, I'd love to go to Sequoia National Park in America. Those are, if you think about, you've probably seen or maybe you've been, these massive redwood trees. I think they're called like giant redwoods and they're huge, huge tall trees. And I just think that would be amazing to see those trees and to feel very small next to them. And um, I've never been to any of America's national parks. I'd love to go and explore and walk there when it's allowed again. So what does switching off look like for you? So it's interesting, I think when you work for yourself, you know, I know my work is so important to me, it's, it's a, part, a big part of my life and there isn't, you know, when you work for yourself, there isn't the traditional times when you completely switch off, um, like at 5pm or having weekends off, nearly always doing some kind of work in the evenings or the weekends. But it also means that I have other times, you know, I might take a Wednesday afternoon off or a Friday, Friday off. So it's not like I'm working all the time, but it's not as structured maybe as someone who might be working nine to five. But switching off is very important. I you know, have had a lot of anxiety in the past. And I know that if I push myself too hard, or if I put too much pressure on myself, that anxiety can start to rear its head again. So I have to be quite vigilant and really listen to my body and look out for the signs that I'm getting, you know, anxious or stressed or um, burning out or something like that. Another thing I've really noticed is social media. I think using social media for work I can't just get rid of get rid of Instagram because it's such a massive part of my work so there are times when I wish I could just delete Instagram and not have to go on there and there have been times where I've you know taken a couple of weeks off from it but um, yeah I would like to disconnect from that more and, and one thing I actually do is I delete the Instagram app every single day and reinstall it because otherwise I'll find myself you know almost unconsciously going on Instagram and scrolling and you know wasting time or yeah you know wasting time on other people's looking at other people's stories when I should be doing something else or relaxing so that's one of the things I do to help myself to switch off. I also do a lot of meditation that was one of the things that has massively helped me to be able just to handle stresses and to feel so much happier day to day. And I really make that a priority. I I do 20 minutes twice a day of Transcendental Meditation. And that can seem like a lot for a lot of people, I think. But because I know what an impact it has on me, it's literally the the best investment of time that I could have. And I organise my life around that. I'll meditate first thing in the morning and then maybe at about five or six o'clock to, to switch off from the day. and to. I heard someone describe meditation as being like having a shower at the end of the day. You're showering away the stress. You're kind of meditating away the, the dirt from the day, the stress that you may have accumulated. So I like that way of thinking about it. And I don't have kids yet, so obviously I have more opportunities to be able to do things like meditate and feel lucky to be able to do that. And yeah, I don't know what it will be like if and when I have children, how I'm going to fit that in. But I think I'm going to try to still make it a priority because I know that it makes me a nicer person, basically, when I'm doing my meditation and, and taking the time for that. Someone's just walk past me with a very sweet sausage dog. Love sausage dogs. So question four, who's really nailing their well-being in your life? I would say it's my partner Aidan. I've never met anyone who is, he borders on being obsessive, I think maybe that's that's part of it where he gets really, really into things and he'll just really go for it. He doesn't do things by halves, he really goes for it. If he's doing Qigong, he's doing it for hours a day and he's training to be a Qigong teacher. (laughs) Or if he's, yeah, whatever he's into, he just, you know, really goes for it. And yeah, I'm, I'm not necessarily that way, but I find it quite inspiring, you know, people who can really commit themselves to things. think we can help each other because we are quite different. I tend to do lots of different things in quite a light way and he does a few things very deeply and gets really into them and really yeah goes for it and so I think we can teach each other a lot to find a bit of a middle path with things where we're doing things thoroughly but not getting too obsessed and uh, yeah spending all our time doing one thing. One thing that I I really want to do more of and want to emulate, it's not necessarily a person specifically, but when I see people on Instagram meal prepping (laughs) and like planning their meals out for the week and making things in advance, I find that so inspiring. I haven't been able to nail that yet, but it is something I like to do because I think like a lot of people, Every day it's the eternal question, what are we gonna have for dinner? (laughs) And I'd love to just have that all planned out in advance and uh, not be kind of running out to the shops at the last minute because you've run out of something or trying to cobble something together, but actually being more intentional with cooking healthy food. So this is a good (laughs) reminder for me to maybe get on that. Maybe later today I'm gonna uh, start to put that into practice. So question number five. When you're feeling stressed, how do you combat your triggers? So if I'm feeling stressed, I will often get like a feeling of pressure around my heart. And it's almost like a painful feeling, like a tight, like there's a tight band around my heart. And sometimes when I feel like that I just have to go to bed. <laughs> I might go to bed at like 8 pm in the evening and When I wake up in the morning, I feel so much better and I'm really lucky that I don't struggle with sleep. I can always fall asleep, whatever time of day it is. So going to bed and getting really early night, getting nine hours of sleep if I'm feeling stressed, I always feel a lot better about that. Another thing that massively helps me is something called the Sedona Method. And if you wanna find out more about that, you can, yeah, Google them. Or he's got a book called the Sedona Method and the Sedona Method is basically about welcoming your feelings rather than pushing them down and suppressing them. And so many of us don't want to feel, understandably, those negative emotions or those less favorable emotions. And so we suppress them and we distract ourselves or we, we push them down somehow, maybe with overthinking. You know, overthinking can be a way that we avoid having to feel. And so sometimes I will take myself to bed, (laughs) lie down and just spend maybe half an hour, maybe an hour, uh, maybe just five minutes welcoming the feelings that I'm feeling. So all you need to do to welcome something is just say to yourself, could I, could I welcome this? And you have this sense of almost like diving into the feelings or just allowing them to be there, sort of focusing on the sensations the emotions whatever um, you're feeling in terms of stress and it's interesting how when we welcome our feelings they can start to actually reduce and the idea is that in this way we can process feelings we can let them go we're not suppressing them so they're getting processed and we're not holding on to them anymore um, at least you know it's making a little dent in the in the storehouse house of negative feelings that we all kind of hold in our bodies and so that's a massive yeah, thing that's helped me um, just to, to feel less stressed, to, to welcome the feelings instead of suppressing them. I also am quite into shaking, so what animals in the wild do when they are stressed is that they shake their bodies really vigorously and as humans we don't tend to do this we tend to just hold on to feelings and keep them in our bodies and if we're feeling a lot of adrenaline for example we might just continue to sit at our desks and that adrenaline can cause you know uncomfortable feelings or tension in the body and i've just noticed an amazing mushroom you know one of these mushrooms is like growing out the side of a tree let me go and have a look at it <laughs> um, So what animals do and you might have noticed your dog or your cat doing this when they have heard a loud noise or they've like when your cat kind of jumps out of a tree and slightly (laughs) stumbles and then the cat shakes its body really vigorously what they're doing is they're discharging the tension the stress and the adrenaline that that fright or that near miss or that loud noise has has created and so we can do this as well as humans you know shake our bodies So if I've experienced a stressful moment, if I'm feeling just tense sitting at my desk, I'll get up and shake my whole body. Um, Maybe for a few seconds, maybe I'll put some music on and like dance around the kitchen. (laughs) Um, It's actually something that I do first thing in the morning when I'm brushing my teeth, it looks super weird, but just think it gets me into my body, shakes off any adrenaline and yeah, I feel really good for it. So definitely recommend giving that a try. So number six, when was the last time you challenged yourself to try something new and different? So fairly recently I was living abroad, I was living in Indonesia for six months, very very lucky to get to do that, and I was learning with my boyfriend Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, which is basically, you know, cage fighters, (laughs) it's basically wrestling. And I mean, I'm someone that is extremely um, like I think of myself as a nice person. I'm not somebody that wants to strangle people or you know push them to the floor or choke them. And learning Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was massively out of my comfort zone, and I was quite actually squeamish about. You have to do things like choke holds and different things like that. Pretty squeamish about it, but it was really helpful and really interesting i remember i had shona virtue who's a amazing personal trainer she was on my podcast uh the Calming You podcast and she told me about brazilian jiu-jitsu she's been training in it for years and how good it is for confidence um, particularly for women if you are maybe a bit of a people pleaser or you struggle to you know stand up for yourself it can be really interesting to do something that is know really outside of your comfort zone and it builds a lot of confidence and confidence in your body and yeah so i had several we had i don't know maybe like 15 hours of lessons and um definitely learned a lot from that experience and overcame my squeamishness (laughs) and learned to be a badass basically and being a badass is very good for combating anxiety if you feel like a badass It's gonna help you (laughs) with your confidence and anxiety. So um, anything like that, I think is really, really good. Wood pigeons just jumped out of the tree over there. Number seven, when's the last time you cried? Just having to think about this one. I cried recently when I think I was feeling a bit hormonal. My sister told me that elephants find us cute. (laughs) I don't know how they know this. I think there's something like they've done, they've done like, I don't know if they've done like, I don't know if they can do a brain scan on an elephant. Maybe that's complete rubbish. But I seem to remember that they've somehow could find out based on how the elephant was responding to us, that they find us cute. And i just found that overwhelmingly cute and lovely and then i started to feel bad for the elephants and the way we treat them and yeah that just made me made me cry I think i was yeah definitely a bit hormonal that day so i'm walking i've come to a clearing now on the walk and there's a lot of quite young oak trees around me, a lot of like weeds and dock leaves and buttercups and coming up to a river, a stream I think you would call it actually. It's not a very clean stream unfortunately, I think it's quite polluted but it is quite pretty all the same. So number eight, what's one recent little win you're happy with? So I found that it's really helpful to to really notice the little wins and to celebrate the little things that we're doing to help ourselves, to help others, to move ourselves forward. And I know it's the same for me and I know it's the same for a lot of the people that I work with, that we will discount the progress that we're making and we'll put everything down to luck (laughs) or we won't, you know, we'll say to ourselves, oh, that's the bare minimum I should be doing. But... You know, sometimes just getting up and washing your hair and, you know, answering your emails. Sometimes if you're not having a great day or if you're really struggling, that can be something to celebrate and something to be really proud of. And um, one thing I'm celebrating at the moment is being able to ask for help. And um, I've actually gone back to having some more therapy. It was kind of more like coaching, kind of slash therapy recently. And it's interesting, because I think when you're somebody that helps other people professionally, (laughs) um, because I'm a therapist and a coach myself, it can be hard to admit when you need help as well. You know, I've told myself that I should be able just to help myself or figure it out myself. And actually, I know that for so many of us, it's hard to ask for help, you know, regardless of whether you're in a helping profession or not. We might tell ourselves that it's a weakness or that it's a failure, that we should, you know, we should be better than this. We should be able to figure it out. And actually, you know, we're not supposed to go through this life on our own. (laughs) Modern life is challenging. And, you know, I found myself going through a transition time in my life and having to make a lot of decisions about things like where to live and whether to have children and that sort of thing and just felt like I needed some help with that so yeah I'm celebrating getting some help and the progress that I'm making in that process and yeah enjoying the sense of kind of moving forwards with things and yeah it's a nice feeling when you allow yourself to be supported and helped and yes I'm enjoying that and celebrating that Number nine, what's the biggest life lesson you've learned in the last year? I guess this isn't something that I've recently learned, but it's something that has just been reinforced and I've been reminded of very, very much. And it's this idea that our happiness is an inside job. And I want to just caveat this by saying you know, for many people, there are really real external factors. That are gonna play a role in your happiness. That might be very much outside of your control. And I'm coming from this as a person who's very privileged, who, um, you know, doesn't have things like uh, poverty or inequality to affect me. So I'm just answering this from my own perspective. But I've really been reminded that we need to take care, or I need to take care of the in, in my internal world and the external things matter less when we are in a good internal place it sounds so obvious saying that out loud but for me making sure that I'm doing the meditation in a good routine having enough sleep those sorts of things matter more than where I live or what's going on with my work Just passed another dog walker, slightly strange walking along, talking to myself, but never mind. (laughs) Everyone is very, very friendly in the north of England. Have to say, the friendliness compared to London, it's a massive, massive difference. Everyone says hello to you. So I think there's a quote from Wayne Dyer where it says, when you change the way that you look at things, the things you look at change. And... It's something that I've yeah get reminded of a lot when I'm working with people. In terms of hypnotherapy, you know, when we change our internal world, when we change our beliefs, when we change our perspective, then we can change <laughs> what we perceive. Our relationships change. Our relationship with our work changes. We can enjoy and appreciate things more when we you know, change our internal landscape and our internal world. So. I was reminded of that a lot. I think, you know, a few months ago, I kind of got on a bit out of my routine. I would told myself that maybe I don't need to meditate. Maybe I don't need to do, you know, the things that I had been doing to take care of myself. And I was reminded that um, how important those things are. And yeah, to keep on track with those mental health routines. Number 10, complete the following sentences. Being healthy is. So for me, health is, I don't know, I think I'm very, I really notice when I'm not healthy. Like my body sends me a very, very strong signal. It's almost like it doesn't want me to get away with anything. So being healthy is just feeling good in myself, feeling energetic, feeling well feeling mentally stable and calm and yeah, I really feel that very strongly. If I'm, I don't know, not eating as well as I should, then I really start to notice that within a a few days of not eating as well. I'm most me when So, I'm sure probably lots of people say this, but probably most of me when I'm with my family. staying with my family right now, getting a lot of time with them and my family are good fun. (laughs) Very lucky that we all get on, we have a lot of laughter and lots of like drinking tea for hours on end and chatting and sitting in the garden at the moment. So it's been really amazing and I feel very much at home in myself when I'm with them. I think the best thing about my walk today has been the birds I'm obsessed with the birds I think since lockdown I think lots of us have I think remember when the lockdown first happened we could all I think the birds got more brave didn't they and they because no one was around the birds (laughs) all came out and um really been appreciating hearing the birds in the morning I wake up in the morning living more you know in nature and walking through this woods. I think having the microphone here has made me more aware of the birds and um, yeah, I've just been loving that. So thank you very much, everyone. Sending you lots of love.
0: I loved hearing all the birds on Chloe's walk. I too have become a bit obsessed with them on my walks too. But I'm so keen to dig into Chloe's answers with Rachel and Daniela from the health and well-being team. But before we get to that, let's take a minute to hear from our sponsor, Sketches. Walk to Wellbeing
2: is proudly sponsored by Sketches. Put a spring in your step with Sketches range of comfort-boosting shoes featuring the very latest walking technology. The new, lightweight, high-flex ArchFit range is designed to take great care of your feet, wherever your walk to wellbeing may take you. Over 20 years of data was used to create the amazing ArchFit cushioning insole, which is removable too, and provides complete foot and arch support for all-day comfort. Shop the ranges online at sketches.co.uk. That's S-K-E-C-H-E-R-S.co.uk where you'll find thousands of shoes, boots and trainers to bring you and your family style and
0: support with every step. I loved listening to the birdsong in that interview. I could have listened to that all day. But before we kick off our chat today, let me welcome Daniela and Rachel to episode six. And thanks for joining me on the podcast this week. What did you think of Chloe's walk today, Rachel?
3: Oh, I was picturing Chloe like Snow White walking through the forest with all the birds and the the mushrooms that she was looking at. She was really immersing herself in nature. It was beautiful. Yeah, it really was like a
4: like a Disney movie kind of vibe, wasn't it? I would really love to go with a walk, go for a walk with Chloe. Um it was lovely to hear that she was really immersing herself in nature and feel like that's something that a lot of people have been doing at the moment to kind of like get away from all the stress and and and, and anxiety from kind of normal life. Um, I think we can kind of all take that lesson going forward for sure. Nature really is a an incredible healer.
0: Definitely, it really sounds like she's embraced that since leaving the city as well.
3: Yes, it's a common theme now, isn't it? A lot of people that lived in London specifically mm-hmm. have left since the pandemic. Um, And I think it's just a case of so many of us realizing the importance of nature and going out for a walk amongst the trees and the birds just seems to make such a huge difference. I know I love doing that after a long day set at my desk. It's just quite therapeutic to be out in nature itself, isn't it? Absolutely.
4: It's so simplistic as well, but definitely one of my staples that's in my routine that's become really, really important. And um, I noticed that one of Chloe's was meditation that I've always really, really wanted to establish into my routine. I don't know about you guys if whether you've tried to try to like incorporate that after hearing all the incredible benefits, but it sounds like she's she's really, really reaping a lot of the benefits from that.
0: Yeah, and I loved how she described meditation as showering away the stress of the day. I could really imagine like getting rid of any kind of stress you've had in the day
3: by just kind of washing washing it away with meditation. Yeah, I think it's great that she knows that that's what she needs. And like she said, she does 20 minutes, which does sound like a lot to me. So give her her dues. I mean, that's to me, that would take a lot of patience. I can meditate, but usually at the end of a yoga session. I don't know if I could sit down for 20 minutes. Even I mean, in the grand scheme of things, 20 minutes is not very long, is it? <laughs> um, but I, I did notice that Chloe seems very aware of these things that she needs to do, like meditation, and she goes for her walk at 3 p.m. every day mm. because she seems very aware of what it is that she needs to do. And it's not selfish, is it? It's her way of making sure that she stays balanced mentally, as much as physically and then we've spoken about this before it's you the more time you spend to be quote unquote selfish the more generous you can be and more giving towards other people which I think essentially makes you a better person doesn't it yeah and that's that's what
0: she was saying wasn't it that even if she decides to have a family that she still wants to make meditation a priority because it makes her a nicer person
3: yeah, I think this has been a big thing that I've learned as well as part of my own well-being journey is, um, actually, I did not realize this is called the Sedona Method, but now I've learned that today. Thank you, Chloe. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea of welcoming feelings, for me, it, it's been about sort of identifying those feelings and rather than just, oh, I'm in a really irritated mood today, uh, don't take it out on anyone or anything Um, it's this process of understanding what those emotions are that you're feeling and maybe identifying them or naming them and sort of asking yourself, okay, why do I feel upset today? Or why am I feeling jealous today? Or why am I angry? And I think that sort of, for me anyway, that's helped me to sort of process the way that I react to those things rather than just Instantly, just being really, really angry <laughs> towards the world, I can sort of internally process it.
4: Yeah, definitely. I feel like, like you said, Rachel, she, s- Chloe, seemed very in tune with her body, which I thought was amazing. And like you say, rather than kind of like thinking, "Oh gosh," like I'm feeling this way, better not take it out on anybody, and you can kind of tense up. But um, yeah, being able to acknowledge those feelings, welcome them just so and it makes complete sense doesn't it rather than welcoming the feelings so they don't keep resurfacing again and again so that's something that I'll definitely take away from 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 Chloe today
0: yeah and I loved that she said that overthinking is a way we avoid having to feel which um I actually found really interesting because I'm a huge overthinker and I up until now have thought that this was because I'm trying to process every single angle of what I'm feeling to try to, you know, get to the bottom of it. But um, when I was listening to Chloe, I was thinking, oh, gosh, actually, am I resisting my feelings and trying to think myself out of them? So, yeah, I think I will be taking the advice from Chloe from today as well, Daniela, and, you know, asking that question that she was saying, could I welcome this?
3: Hmm it's an interesting concept too and it's one of those things that's easier said than done and it is not something that I think you can do overnight and Chloe obviously is a coach so I'm sure she has a lot of uh, practice with this sort of thing but I loved that she said happiness is an inside job but I also love that she explained that quite thoroughly because I think you can maybe misinterpret that saying but I completely agree with this because I don't think you can control external situations. You can only control the way that you react to them or the way that you perceive them. So again, when you when a situation comes up, rather than just getting extremely angry and stressed, it's quite important to sort of sit back and reflect on what you're feeling or your emotions at that moment and then respond, like take time to respond more calmly and differently. Yeah, and that
0: um, quote she
3: mentioned as well, when you change the way you look at
0: things the things you look at change and I thought that's a mantra that we could all be reminded of a little bit more often especially when we've been perhaps at home a bit more than maybe we would have liked or have planned um, and perhaps you've become a little bit jaded by your surroundings I think that's a really good reminder that we have control over our thoughts and the way with that we view things. Hmm
3: actually one of my yoga teachers has a beautiful saying as well uh let come what come let go what go I think that's really lovely just you know let the emotions or even a a negative situation come at you but then just you need to know when to just let it wash away Mm. and when to move on
4: absolutely and even
3: having that bravery
4: as well you know asking for help from someone even though Chloe is a coach and she does this day-to-day I think it's incredible that she is able to feel confident enough to know that she needs perhaps a little bit of extra support and there's absolutely no shame in that I think that's been such a big life lesson that we all can take from last year especially and And Natalie Pinkham said this from our last episode that there absolutely is no shame in putting your hand
3: up and saying I'm struggling yeah I found that very refreshing that a coach needs a coach And we tend to think of it as a sign of weakness to ask for help or support, but I really have a lot of respect for Chloe for being able to do that and also knowing that she needs help too. And surely that will make her a better coach as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And modern life is challenging, right? And we don't have to do it alone. And I don't think Chloe's alone in not knowing what the right next step is, like she was mentioning not knowing where to live or not knowing if she should start a family and like I know that's something that I sometimes wish that I could have a crystal ball to know what's the right decision. Um, so I actually felt really comforted by the fact that she had reached out for help and guidance um, for this herself. Yeah,
3: and it showed, there is no answer in life, you know we're all on our own journey. And there is not necessarily a right and wrong other than what's morally right. And yeah, so it is, it's always refreshing as well when you hear people who are celebrities or um, just well-known names in their industry or even somebody who's a life coach and you would expect them to have all the answers. So it's I, I find it quite refreshing to hear them admit that even they have their own questions in their life.
0: Yeah, and I thought it was really interesting as well that she said that she had to stay quite vigilant and on top of her anxiety symptoms as well which was really interesting to me because you know so often we're told that anxiety is something that you have to beat once and for all you know try these tips and you can beat it but actually life isn't like that is it you can't just decide that nothing's going to happen again that isn't going to cause a wobble Mm -hmm. And so keeping an eye on these symptoms, like Chloe said, to recognize when you're feeling anxious and then you can put in those self-care tools that you need at that moment
3: as well. Well, I think one of those tools is going to be shaking it off. <laughs> <laughs> I loved this uh, this tool that she uses. I, I was imagining, um, I've done this before in a yoga class, at the beginning of a yoga class as well, to just sort of shake off the tension before you start and uh, you feel very silly when you're standing there <laughs> trying to be all loosey goosey, shaking your body and your arms around and jumping up and down. But um I think that's actually a, a great idea to tap into this instinct that animals have to shake it off. And I might have to try that next time I'm feeling anxious. Maybe just start dancing around the my little home office <laughs> <laughs> if it all gets too much with the deadlines. So. Yeah,
0: that's it. Even if you don't want to just shake it off, then just put on some music and dance around your kitchen.
3: Definitely. That's one of
4: the perks of working from home, right? Being able to <laughs> do that and have no one watch. And I can imagine that's really nice, Rachel, as well, doing that in a yoga class, for example, and feeling all the energy come from other people. Um, mm. And I actually read that, um, an expert gave that as a tip um, for one of our stress features. And it did say about how, you know, children, when they are feeling stressed or sad, they'll kind of like have a tantrum on the floor and of obviously that's mm-hmm. not really acceptable when you're a working adult <laughs> but tapping into that kind of inner child and being able to kind of like like I suppose that's kind of our adult way of getting all those feelings out and again you know shaking off the adrenaline and even though we might look stupid it might make us better people going forward in our day
3: dance like no one's watching and shake it off like taylor swift
4: (laughs) yeah words to live by for sure
3: (laughs) that and learn to be a badass (laughs) oh yeah i was just Just gonna say that that. (laughs) i thought that was amazing although i agree i'm not sure i could get into putting people in a (laughs) chokehold it's also not particularly covid friendly yeah um with the the two meter rule or whatever rule we're on right now um but I don't know Holly would you give that a try I mean I
0: think that Chloe might be responsible for an influx in jiu-jitsu memberships after that because I mean sign me up if it's a class (laughs) in learning how to be a badass (laughs)
4: definitely it's something that doesn't really come come naturally does it especially to women and like she said um being able being such a people pleaser is so I think we're a lot of people are very very conscious of that so just kind of giving it back to people in, um, in channeling it through that energy is, is really, really incredible. Learning how to be a badass, that definitely should have been a lesson in school for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, definitely. And um, that's one lesson we can take away from this interview for sure. Um, something that I'm definitely going to take away was when Chloe was talking about how she'd like to really emulate people who are pros at meal prepping and planning their meals for the week, because this is definitely not something that I do. I'm someone that will just go with how I'm feeling. And, you know, sometimes I think I'm so intuitive when it comes to meal planning, but actually it can be quite stressful not having any idea from day to day. Um, So I'm going to be having to think about how I can emulate being a bit more
3: Organized when it comes to meal times. I I had a lot of respect for Chloe's level of awareness for herself. And I think it's very brave to know when you need to connect with yourself to sort of check back in, find the balance, because it's not about just how you feel, but it's about the way that you um, reflect. Those feelings on other people. So I think it can make you a better person, but also make y- help you to feel more fulfilled and happy in life when you are more connected with how you're feeling.
4: Yeah, absolutely. My takeaway kind of came from the end of the podcast, I would say, and it really resonated with me how she's living with her parents. That's something that I've had to do and I'm sure a lot of other people have during this time. Um, but I kind of got the sense that she physically she's at home and she also feels like mentally at home I thought that was really lovely and kind of got the sense of appreciation of actually moving back in with her parents and she may not have had that time if we weren't in the current situation that we were in at the moment so I thought that was really beautiful.
0: Yeah and there were so many fantastic takeaways in Chloe's interview today and I'll definitely be leaving this chat inspired to embrace my inner badass But I've absolutely loved chatting to you both and hearing from Chloe today. So huge thanks from me to you, Rachel and Daniela, and of course to our hugely inspiring guest on the podcast today, Chloe Brotheridge. Most important of all though, thanks so much to you for listening. We've got loads more fantastic, fascinating guests coming up and we can't wait to share their wellness journey with you. And so until next time, from me and the whole of the health and well-being team stay well and see you soon before you
2: unlace your trainers we've got an exclusive health and well-being magazine subscription deal for you our lovely walk to well-being listeners head to giftstoyou.com forward slash apod one that's a p o d and the number one to get three issues for just 9.99, saving you over 25% and delivered straight through your front door. The link is in the description of this episode to make redeeming this fantastic offer simple and easy. Remember to share your walk with us on social media using the hashtag WalkToWellbeing, wellbeing and you can even download exactly the same list of questions that you heard our guest chat through earlier in this episode. You can record your very own Walk to Wellbeing episode and we'd absolutely love to hear it. For all the details, head to this episode's description and we hope you enjoyed strolling with us today.